0: Marshall. The longer I am associated with the mystery theater, the more I realize there is nothing ordinary about ordinary people. There is no end to the variations, the kaleidoscope of the cursed and the blessed. What a piece of work is man! How infinite in faculty, in action, how like an angel, was one man's opinion. Today, you will experience someone quite different. Less like an
1: angel and more like a devil. Uh, Remember me? I'm Charlie Ingalls from next door.
2: You met me yesterday?
1: I did. (laughs) You're not so easy to forget.
2: You met Jane. I'm Vanity.
1: Oh. uh, Jane never told me she had a twin sister.
2: We're not exactly twins. Jane and I are two separate and distinct people who happen both to inhabit the same body.
0: Our mystery drama, Vanity and Jane, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Marion Seldes. Radio Mystery saying earlier, with an assist from Mr. Shakespeare, man, and by that I certainly include woman, is of infinite variety. Surprising, pleasing, and sometimes horrifying. My authority is Charlie Ingalls, a longtime friend who you no doubt know as a famous sculptor. This story, which he asked me to share with you, happened before he became so well-known, and is about the two women in his life. This is how Charlie told it to me.
1: I was up on the roof of my studio on the beach, nailing down some shingles which had sprung loose during last night's storm. Hey, you up
3: there? Are you there, Dizzy?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say I was.
3: Oh, could you come down off your roof for a minute?
1: Well, just as soon as I get the shingles around my skylight fixed... Uh, you know, this is the storm season. I, uh, I prefer to keep the rain outside.
3: Oh, okay. If you don't mind, I'll climb up to you.
1: Which the girl did. Got right up the ladder and plunked herself down on the roof where I was nailing. A beautiful girl, I might add.
2: Hey, this is some view from up here. I've been crazy about the sea all my life. I guess that's because I was born inland. Is
1: this your first visit to Driftwood?
2: Mm, my first day. I just got here on the one o'clock ferry.
1: Hey, here for the summer.
2: Hope to be. My name's Jane. Jane Wilson.
1: Charlie Ingalls, pleased to know you.
2: How do you do? Listen, that house next door to yours mm. over there.
1: Uh, the uh, The gray one? Yeah,
2: that one that's all boarded up. Do you know if it's been rented for the summer?
1: I don't, but I could send you to the man who could tell you. Oh, could you? Glad to. You know your way back to our little town of Driftwood?
2: Just follow the road I came out (laughs) on.
1: When you hit town past the luncheonette and go down Main Street on the right-hand side, you'll to a store window that says on it, Driftwood News. You go inside, you ask for Dan Kirkpatrick. He's the editor and publisher of the weekly. He owns the Cray House.
2: Oh, Miss Dingles, I'm much obliged. I'm going to walk over there right now.
1: Okay, you can tell Dan that Charlie sent you. Are you, uh, you sure you can get off this roof all right?
2: Oh, don't worry about me. I could get down off Everest. I'm in great shape.
1: I had to agree with her there. And a face to match the body. About 23, I'd say. That afternoon, I phoned Dan Kirkpatrick at his office. I guess I really wanted to know if Jane Wilson got his beach cottage. Charlie, you have been trying to get me? Uh, well, uh, no, Dan, I... um. I've been on the phone checking out the references
4: of that girl you sent me.
1: Oh, yes, uh, Miss uh, Miss Wilson. Anyway, she
4: checks out okay. Gave me a month's security and a month's rent, and I told her the old shack is hers right up to Labor
1: Day. No kidding. Well, I'm glad to help.
4: I want to thank you, old buddy. I would about given up renting this summer, what with the high price of gas. It's not too many folks coming out this way. Yeah,
1: well, anytime, Danny. Any time. Yes? I, um, I just came over to find out if you, uh, if you needed anything. Uh, I mean, since we're, we're neighbors, you know. Who are you? Um, uh, Charlie Ingalls, from from next door You are? Uh, yeah, uh, yesterday uh, The man on the roof, remember? Uh, I was fixing my skylight You climbed up on my roof and talked to me
2: I don't remember anything like that I've never climbed up onto a roof in my life
1: Uh, okay Okay, have it your way So long, neighbor
2: Oh, wait a minute You said you met me yesterday?
1: Well, you're not easy to forget
2: That wasn't me. You met Jane. I'm Vanity.
1: Oh. Um, Jane never told me she had a twin sister.
2: Well, we're not exactly twins. You see, Jane and I, we're both separate and distinct people who happen both to inhabit the same body.
1: You do? uh... I...
2: You don't believe me?
1: Uh, well, I, I believe you, Well, but...
2: that's generally the reaction, so I don't tell many people.
1: Well, it's not the kind of thing one hears every day of the week. Well,
2: Mr. Ingalls, I'm not going to stand here in the open doorway, so if you don't mind, good night.
1: Uh, look, uh, how, how about you coming over to my place? I'll, uh, I'll cook up some supper. You know, we bachelors are very resourceful.
2: If that's your delicate way of informing me you're not married, I'll say... Thanks.
1: No thanks. Uh, just, um, just one thing before I go. You are Vanity Wilson. Is that right? Yes,
2: we've just been over this. Now, please
1: go, Mr. Ingalls. No, I will, I will. I, I just wanted to make sure I understood. Uh, vanity objects to people barging in, people she doesn't know, uh, hasn't met, or, or expects. Huh? I mean, Vanity doesn't accept spur-of-the-moment dinner invitations even from a new neighbor, so I, I know what she doesn't like. Can you tell me what she does like?
2: I like to paint, to write. I love music.
1: Well, isn't it possible I could like the same thing?
2: Well, of course it's possible, but, Mr. Ingalls, the fact that you live next door doesn't mean you can waltz in here and intrude on my life.
1: And she closed the door in my face. I won't say she was downright rude, but she sure wasn't friendly. And the next day, I was working on a clay model of a head, and and I see her way down on the beach jogging my way. I wondered, was she kidding me with this routine of having two separate personalities? I had to find out.
3: Hi there.
1: Hey, good morning. You uh, taking advantage of the good weather while it lasts?
2: Oh, I'll run in any weather
1: I didn't think you are interested in sport. Are you
2: kidding? That's my middle name Any form of exercise is all I care about
1: Oh, what about writing, music, and painting?
2: Oh, so that's what it is You met Vanity, haven't you? I'm Jane We met first How'd you meet her?
1: Uh, well, I stopped by last night with a proverbial cup of sugar
2: Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know now you've rattled the family skeleton.
1: Well, I can accept it, but it must be hard on you.
2: Oh, well, I don't have any control when she takes over. She was, uh, abrupt. You see? She's abrupt.
1: <laughs> she showed me the door.
2: I guess we're about as different as two personalities could be. Vanity is into deep thinking. <laughs> I'm not. I like to
1: do. Hey, you're you're pretty calm about this dual personality thing.
2: Oh, I've lived with it for ten years.
1: And Vanity knows you exist.
2: Well, didn't she talk about me? Of course she knows. You're frowning. What is it?
1: Oh, no, I, I always frown when a sudden idea strikes me. I, I, I'm just wondering, um, if I, if I did ahead of you... Uh, How would I show both Jane and Vanity?
2: Oh, that's right. You're a sculptor. Well, how about giving us two faces? On one head. Why not? One facing front and the other facing (laughs) the other way.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a thought. I, I mean, if I get to know the two of you better... Uh, Ten years, you said. Is that how long you've been split?
2: Yes, it started when I was 13, the year my mother died.
1: There must have been some problem in school.
2: Oh No, not really. I was the one who used to goof off, and Vanity, she was the grind. She always pulled us through. Worked pretty well when we were in school.
1: So you lived with it. Nobody did anything about it.
2: Well, my father did. We went to a special kind of uh, psychotherapy institute where they deal with multiple personalities, or they try to. It just didn't work.
1: Oh, that's too bad.
2: In fact, I'd say, and I'll bet Vanity would agree with me, it's one of the few things about which we agree. But instead of making one of our egos disappear, we seem to become each more entrenched than before and more separate. Yeah.
1: Uh, look, uh, I'm sorry, but i better get back to my work It's a, it's a commission, so I've got a delivery day
2: Oh, yes, but uh, Charlie yeah. It's Charlie, isn't it, not
1: Charlie. Oh, take your pick
2: I'm glad we're neighbors You seem like such a nice man uh, what, I, what I was going to say was If you're really interested in the one, Miss Wilson, with the two heads <laughs> Why don't you come over for dinner tonight?
1: Uh, thanks, I will
2: you like spaghetti?
1: Anytime, anywhere, any amount.
2: Oh, well, you taste mine. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. Are there any public tennis courts around? I've been working on my serve. I hate to get rusty.
1: Yeah, there, there's one uh, right outside of town. I'll take you there tomorrow. Oh, great.
2: Then 7.30 tonight, okay? okay? I just want to run a couple of miles on the beach. See ya.
1: 7.30 on the button. Here I am.
2: I see you
1: are. Hey, let me in quick before that fog rolls in after me. Hey, I brought you a bottle of Chianti. Can't eat spaghetti without red wine. Where will I put it? You're
2: not putting it anywhere, Mr. Ingalls.
1: Oh, no. You're... You're not... Uh, you are. You're Vanity, eh? Where's Jane? She's
2: not here. I
1: am. Uh, vanity, uh, do you think you could... You could just go... Please.
2: Even if I wanted to, I don't think I could.
1: Look, it's not fair. Twice I've been over in the evening and you're here instead of her. And tonight I've come to have dinner with her.
2: I know that. I was here when she asked you over.
1: You heard her say that?
2: No, not exactly, but I know she did. Good night, Mr. Ingalls.
1: Look, I I am trying to understand you both, particularly you, Vanity Wilson. I mean, why are you so unfriendly to me?
2: I wouldn't say that, Mr. Ingalls. I'm just much more shy with people than Jane. I don't take up with strangers that quickly.
1: Vanity, if you keep on doing that everyone will remain a stranger. Uh, there's um there's no way of you bringing Jane back?
2: No way.
1: How long before you two switch personalities again? How long? Yeah, I mean, is there a time limit or, or something so I can know when she'll reappear?
2: Neither of us knows that or has ever
1: known. Are you holding something behind your back? You mean this? Yes, sir pretty lethal looking kitchen knife you think so yeah what's what's in your other hand behind your back
2: just a tennis racket lord (laughs) in heaven yes it's a little cut up isn't it and it's jane's favorite racket too you did that to it why why it's her fault jane was in the kitchen you know cooking up the spaghetti and i said to her what are you doing company's coming she said Well, she knows I don't eat spaghetti. I don't like spaghetti. And she knows I don't invite strangers to dinner. So I went into the closet and I took out her tennis racket and I have been cutting the strings one by one. And I've almost finished. I had to teach her a lesson.
0: I warned you, didn't I, of the unpredictability of the human species? I said to my friend Charlie... If it were I, if I discovered I was dealing with a dual personality, one of whom disliked me, I would have put an end to the friendship. He said, it wasn't that easy. I had to put up with vanity because I'd already fallen in love with Jane. I shall return shortly with more of Charlie's story in Act Two. A sculptor, like my friend Charlie Ingalls, deals in known quantities. The planes of a face, the texture of skin, the movement of the body, the thrust of motion. But dear old Charlie had no experience whatsoever with the texture or movement of the mind. This made his comprehension of Jane and Vanity Wilson so elusive
1: and mysterious. I tell you, Dan... I mean, what I mean is, if if I did tell you what I know about this girl, you wouldn't believe me. Have you come into my little
4: office to cry on my shoulder or to give me an exclusive for the Driftwood News gossip column? Dan, I'm
1: serious. I really came to ask you what you knew about her. It's It's your house she rented. You must know something about her. I do. So you wouldn't have rented her the cottage if she had a record or something. Whatever she tells you, why don't you believe it? Because it's almost unbelievable, and... I can't believe she's putting me on. What
4: I know, hmm? Well, there's not much to tell. Uh, don't go away, Charlie. Let me get this. Griffith News. Dan Kirkpatrick at your service. Oh, hi, Mr. Stratton. Sure, news is news. It did? Well, we don't have a photographer on the staff, but, uh, if you can get someone to take a picture of it, sure, we'll print it. If it's what you tell me, sure. Well, <laughs> oh, that's news, all right. We'll get it into this week's paper. Goodbye. Ah, that's the stuff a local weekly gets to print. After the Monday storm, a rowboat was washed up on Mrs. Stratton's beach. And that's what she called you about? We're going to have storms till the end of the month? Oh, no, wait a minute. Get this. On the prow of the rowboat, she says you can see distinctly the name Titanic. Come on. <laughs> when I told her to send me a picture. It's some yacht owner's idea of being cute. Oh, now about Jane. She told me that she's been in a kind of psychiatric hospital or institute. She gave me the name of her doctor. I called him. He told me she was okay. A very nice person. Had her own money. Her father died recently. And, uh, he was all for her having a nice summer out here, the doctor. Well, I knew her mother died ten years ago, but her father, too. Yes, a month ago. Uh, She wrote me a check security in the first month. I called a bank. They said, yep, I like the girl, and why shouldn't she have the cottage? Mr. Kirkpatrick? Oh, Jane Wilson. How nice to see you. You've been shopping? You, uh, know this gentleman? Hello, Jane.
2: Oh, I certainly do. My neighbor.
1: Guess who we were talking about just now? Jane. It is you this time, isn't
2: it? It's me. Oh, you were talking about me?
1: Well, I was trying to... to, um, I don't know. Why
2: Uh, don't you ask me, Charlie? I would have told you.
1: I'm not always sure of finding you at home.
2: I wondered if you'd come for dinner last night. Oh, well, anyway, the reason I'm here, Mr. Kirkpatrick, is there anywhere in town I could... Oh, I'd better show you. I've wrapped it up so carefully. Is there a place where I could get this restrung?
4: What happened to your tennis racket?
2: I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there, so I'm not sure.
1: Uh, Dan, is, is there not there a tennis pro runs a sports shop on Windmill Road? It looks like you tried to get uh, another shark with that racket, and the shark got away. Dan, you've made your amazement quite graphic. Now, how about answering Jane's question?
4: Uh, yes, uh, Howie's sports shop, but uh, he doesn't open till after lunch.
1: Oh, excuse
4: me. Driftwood News... Yes, Mrs. Stratton. It has. Oh, that's a shame. Well, better luck next time. Bye. The high tide just washed the Titanic off her beach. (laughs) Hey, Jane, let's get out of here. How about lunch?
2: Oh, I don't think I deserve it after last night, but... I'm famished.
1: Well, it wasn't your fault at all, Jane. Jane, I... I did feel sort of foolish arriving right on time and having Vanity tell me to get lost and go home.
2: But that's the terrible part about this. And it's getting worse. Sometimes I I just know what Vanity's doing, as she sometimes knows what I'm doing. But last night, all I remember now is that I'm getting the spaghetti ready for our dinner. I look up, and there she is, with a kitchen knife in her hand.
1: Jane... That was you holding that knife
2: No, it wasn't I didn't pick it up It wasn't my hand And that's all I knew until this morning
1: Didn't you put two and two together When you, when you found your tennis racket slashed like that? It's just
2: getting worse it's,
1: it's, Look, uh, I mean do, do you want to talk about it?
2: Yes, but let's eat first It'll help me calm down
1: Your hand is shaking, are you all right?
2: I could do with a glass of something
1: huh, Well, that's what this wine is for how poor you talk!
2: I, I don't know how to explain this because, on the face of it, it's impossible.
1: Well, do you think maybe a, a quick trip back to the to the institute might help? No, that wouldn't.
2: So this morning, I knew I had to get out of the cottage as fast as I could.
1: But you can't escape vanity that way. She's inside you. She she wears the same skin.
2: It's such a strange thing. One minute, I'm Jane Wilson. I'm completely in control of my life. And the next, without warning, I'm Vanity Wilson. I'm hidden inside and almost conscious in a peculiar way that she has taken over. And what she says and does is very clear to me. But I never knew she'd taken a kitchen knife and cut the strings of my racket. That I didn't know.
1: Is there nothing that can be done so that you have some control over her?
2: We're good friends sometimes. We talk back and forth sometimes. As if we were actually two separate people in two separate bodies. I would
1: hardly call you good friends.
2: Well, we were when we were growing up. And now? Well, do I have to tell you? You've seen she... She hates me. I have this premonition, this... This feeling... Vanity's going to... She's going to kill me. What? I mean it, Charlie. I mean, don't you see? The way she cut up the tennis racket, she could cut me up,
1: too. No, 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 no and... hold it. You're you're talking about a, a second personality that lives inside your own body, Jane. I mean, she, she has your arms, your hands. Whatever Vanity might do to to physically hurt you would hurt her as well.
2: Yes, you know that, and I know that. But I'm not sure Vanity realizes that I don't exist outside of her. Of
1: course she must know. Think of yourself as, as a many-sided person, but one person. Jane loves the, the out-of-doors sport. She, she has an open nature. Vanity is shy, retreated, prefers artistic I'm things. I'm going to
2: stop you. Vanity is not the artistic side of my nature. Vanity is a rival... I'll go further. I'd say she's sinister, perhaps even evil. I know it. And I'm frightened for the both of us.
1: You said sometimes you talk like separate people. Now, have you tried reasoning with her?
2: Well, I heard what she said to you when you came to dinner. Or rather, I knew that she'd said it. Jane knows I don't like strangers, so I have to punish her.
1: And she's never been so overtly antagonistic before.
2: Well, I've never been threatened like that.
1: And you don't know why. Oh,
2: I can guess. It's you, Charlie. I think she's jealous. Oh, is someone at the door? There is waving at us.
1: Oh, yeah, oh, it's Dan. Well, come on over, Dan.
2: No, he's shaking his head.
1: Oh, well, I guess he doesn't want to join us. <laughs> He's being diplomatic. Excuse me a sec. I'll I'll just go and see what he wants.
2: And see if you can get someone to take our order.
1: Yeah, I'll do what I can. Uh, What is it, Dan? We waved to you. You could
4: have come over. You're asking me about Jane. Started me thinking, and I put in a corner I'd like to talk to you about Oh? I don't want to talk about it here in front of her. So would you stop by my office before you go home? That's all you came here to tell me? me? Take it easy. It could be
1: important. I'll see you in a bit. Sorry, Jane. Dan didn't want to interrupt us. That's why he didn't come over.
2: I'm not interested in him.
1: There wasn't a waitress in sight. I could get to come over to our table.
2: I'm not interested in food either. Well, a minute ago you were starving. A minute ago, I heard Jane tell you I was jealous of you and her.
1: Oh, you're not Jane.
2: Let's get out of this dismal place.
1: You heard what Jane said to me. That means you could talk to her and she could talk to you.
2: Well, we did when we were kids. I'm going. Vanity, please. Yes. Cheap luncheonette may be good enough to satisfy Jane. It is not good enough for
1: me. Vanity, vanity. What? What's bothering you?
2: I don't like the insinuations
1: she makes. Well, can, can, I, can I talk sensibly to you? I mean, the two of you are one person. You're together. You're 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 stuck with each other. Now, why can't you treat each other like sisters and try to understand each other?
2: Mr. Ingalls, you're trying to be fair, but you don't know anything about Jane, and I know too much.
1: And you don't like what you know.
2: I'll never forgive her. Where are we?
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. You've never been into driftwood, have you? Well, I'll show you the way and take you back to the beach road and the house. I've got it. You want me to be honest with you, Vanity?
2: I wish everyone would be honest with me. Would
1: you give me an honest opinion?
2: It's the only one I have.
1: Good. Now, I'll I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. Every year, we have a street art exhibit. Now, you're interested in art and in painting, and it might interest you. Besides, there's a piece of abstract sculpture of mine, and I'd like your opinion. Where is it? It's down the street and around the corner.
2: Come on. Well, I don't claim to be a professional art
1: critic. No, that's all right. I, I I don't need that. I, I make my living doing heads of people. I, I've never tried an abstract expression in stone before, and I'd be interested in your reaction.
2: Why do you want my reaction?
1: Well, I, I guess I'm trying to get to know you better. To know why there's such a bad feeling between you and Jane. Why why neither has control when the other takes Shh, over. What? He's cute, isn't he, huh? little boy? <laughs> he's much bigger than the flute he's playing. I wonder why he's playing here on the street. Don't say
2: anything, please. Don't speak, please. <laughs> I
3: can't, stand it. I can't stand it.
1: <laughs> it was very strange vanity looked around like like a frightened doe wanting to run yet unsure which way to go the little boy stopped playing vanity pulled the child to her and held him tightly in her arms
2: don't ever stop playing promise me you'll always play
1: vanity Vanity, (laughs) come on you're scaring that child let him go
2: i will yet there now see now will you play for me again little boy
1: Please. Okay, now would you would you come along now, Vanity? Tell me, I mean, what is it? What is it that's bothering you?
2: Nothing. Nothing at all. It's just I don't want you just to be a friend of Jane. Well,
1: I don't either. If I am, does that mean I can't also be a friend of yours?
2: I was upset that that won't happen again, so you'll be my friend too will sure you?
1: sure if you want me to of course I will I said I would
2: that little boy you see my mother was a musician and at home she used to practice and it was the flute
1: of course that would be disturbing
2: ten years. That's how long it's been since she died.
1: Now, now, there's an example of what I've been saying, Vanity. (laughs) You say that that you and Jane are so different that you...
2: That I hate her? Well, yes, I do. Well,
1: don't you think Jane misses her mother, too? Jane?
2: Miss her? (laughs) Jane killed her.
0: In effect... If Vanity Wilson manages to do away with her alter ego, Jane, since they are one and the same person, the result would not be murder, but suicide. Under no circumstances can that action be justified. A man is a prisoner of his life, said wise Socrates. He has no right to open the door and run away until the gods summon him. How this looming tragedy is resolved, I shall tell you when I return shortly with Act Three. My old friend Charlie Ingalls, the sculptor, was a bachelor. And then one day, a girl moved into the house on the beach next to his, and he fell in love with her. Can you imagine how he felt when he discovered he'd lost his heart to two different existences? One of them capable
4: of the ultimate violence.
1: Dan, what's happening? I mean, why doesn't that Dr. Condon come to the phone? Don't get yourself so worked up, Charlie.
4: They've gone to get him. He's somewhere in the Institute. What do you mean, don't get
1: worked up? You act as if I could just walk away from him.
4: Charlie, easy, huh? When did I say that?
1: Even if I didn't care for Jane, how could I leave her alone with this, with his second identity, this Vanity character? Jane thinks she's dangerous and, and threatening. I mean, that's why we're putting in this call to Doctor Condon. He treated hold her. Hold it, hold it, Doctor Condon.
4: Uh, this is uh, Dan Kirkpatrick. I publish the Driftwood News on the island. Remember, uh, we talked last week about my
1: running to uh, Jane Wilson. Here, would you give me that telephone? All right, here, yeah. uh, Doctor. Uh, hello, Doctor. This is this is Charles Ingles. I. I I live next door to Jane, and and she is afraid that her second personality, uh, the one she calls Vanity, is is, is going to kill her. Yeah, yeah, there was an incident uh, last night with it with a kitchen knife. Yeah, Vanity got hold of a kitchen knife. You can. Oh, you. Oh, yeah. I'd really appreciate that, Doctor. Yeah, we we all would. I'm I'm going to put Dan back on the phone now. He knows exactly how to get here. <laughs> I think we should go inside. That that tin roof Dan's got over this porch is starting to leak.
2: No, let's stay. I love the wildness of the storm over the ocean.
1: Yeah, it's nice. I think this one will blow over pretty soon.
2: Well, that's too bad. I'd just be walking on the beach this very minute, but I just didn't think you'd approve, Charlie. Does
1: that matter to you? My approval?
2: Yes, it does. It really does.
1: Jane. Jane, I... I might as well tell you, I... I spoke to Dr. Condon at the Institute... What you told me about feeling your life was threatened worried me so much I I couldn't let another day go by without asking for some help. I
2: don't know that he can do anything. The last time I saw him, he said I should try to lead a normal life and perhaps in time, vanity would go away.
1: But I couldn't wait for that coming out here. I, I i didn't know what to do. There's
2: nothing you can do, Mr. Ingalls. I have no intention of harming Jane. Not at this time. Jane.
1: But, uh, have, you, have you become va- vanity? Is that, is that you? Yes, it's me.
2: When I think about what Jane has done, something comes over me and I can't contain myself. I want her punished. I want her dead.
1: You just said you wouldn't harm Jane. That was
2: a minute ago before I started thinking about what she's done. Oh, if you don't mind, I don't like this storm. It makes me uneasy to be out here. I'm going inside.
1: No, you're not. You're sitting with me right here on this porch until you explain. Mr. Yourself.
2: Ingalls, will you let go of my arm?
1: I will not let go, Vanity. You stay right in that chair. You're hurting me. You stay where you are, and your arm won't hurt. Why are you so cruel? Don't you understand
2: these noises—the thunder and lightning? I'm afraid of storms. Don't let me go.
1: No. What is it you said to me this afternoon about Jane and your mother? I want you to say it again. It has nothing to do with you. Oh, stop! Stop that thunder. Let
3: me go! I can't stand it.
1: As suddenly as vanity had taken the place of Jane, the personality of vanity disappeared, and Jane returned. Did I know it was Jane? She just looked at my hand on her arm and then at me.
2: You don't have to do that, Charlie. I won't run away.
1: You're... You're Jane now, aren't you?
2: Well, you know I am.
1: Yeah. Look, Jane, have you any idea what's behind Vanity's anger? What what is she accusing you of? Try to remember it's about your mother. I mean, can you can you think back? Concentrate. Can you remember? Of course she can.
2: Jane killed mother. Yes, you did. There was only you and her in that car. And only you lived. Vanity? Yes, yes, it's vanity. Now listen, Mr. Ingalls. None of this has anything to do with you. It is between Jane and me.
1: What is it you want?
2: I want to make her pay for mother's death. How? What would be just? The same price as mother paid. Death. What do
1: you think? Now, Vanity, please listen to me. You are not a separate entity from Jane. You have the same body, the same head. I'll grant you not the same mind or thoughts, but the same beating heart. Anything you do to Jane, you do to yourself. If you hurt her, you will feel the pain. If you try to rid yourself of her forever, it is your heart that will stop. Do you see that?
2: Yes, I
4: see
2: it. But what you don't see is how unbearable it is to be forced to share an existence
1: with a murderer. You saw a murder take place? No, I wasn't there. Did you ever ask Jane what happened in the car?
2: Why should I? I know.
1: How can you? You just said you weren't there and you've never asked Jane directly. Wouldn't her word mean something?
2: She was 13. When you're 13, you do a lot of lying. I
1: don't understand you. A clever, sensitive... Rational being like you, devoured by anger, yet unwilling to put the question and listen for the answer. Is that asking too much of Vanity Wilson? Ask her. Talk to Jane.
2: We never talk to one another just like that. Like you and I are doing now. There are times when we know what the others thought or said. Like the time Jane invited you for dinner. And I knew it.
1: It's never happened. To exchange ideas back and forth?
2: No, not since we were 13. Since then, either she takes over or I do.
1: Yes, it's a big responsibility being two people in one body.
2: I hate it.
3: I've always hated it.
1: Jane knows that. She knows you wish her dead. Vanity. if I sat here between the two of you, would you agree to listen to her side of it so that both of you c- could speak up? If it's possible. Well, couldn't couldn't we just try? Well,
2: it's never happened. She and I have never talked directly.
1: I know. Well, not sure if we can do it either. I I don't know how one brings about those things, but 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 let's try, Jane. Okay, Jane. Jane, can you come forward? I'm here. Is that you, Jane? Yes. It is you, isn't it?
2: Yes, it's me, Charlie. Me. Jane.
1: Do you do you know what I was just saying to Vanity?
2: You'd like us to face each other and talk directly. I was aware of every word.
1: Jane. Vanity tells me she blames you for the death of your mother.
2: Jane, I remember that morning very well. You left the house with Mother, you driving, and she sitting next to you. You backed the car to the driveway, and suddenly you came to a screeching halt. Somebody was driving down our street.
1: Jane, (laughs) is that true what Vanity says? I mean, you backed away from the house, your mother next to you, and and somebody cut you off.
2: It's true, Charlie. Somebody almost hit us. I stopped just in time.
1: Jane, ten years ago, you were only 13. Why were you driving? I mean, did you have a license? Mother
2: was giving me a driving lesson. I was at the wheel. I drove down our street and then onto the highway. But all of a sudden, Mother didn't feel very well, and I wanted to turn the car around. But I didn't know how. And I... After asking her how do I back up, how do I turn, and she just didn't answer, so I slowed up, and somebody came up behind us real fast, just the way it was when I was backing out of the driveway. There was a crash, and that's all I remember.
4: Hey, what's with you nature about her? Oh, uh, <coughs> hi, Dad. It's boring. You two are sitting here with the rain dribbling down your necks. Don't you notice your all? what? Uh, what are you doing here? Well, the storm's got a ways to go before it lets up. I don't want anything, everything ruined in the cottage. Will you two give me a hand passing down the storm shelter? You
2: heard her, Mr. Ingalls. You heard what she said. She admitted it. She's guilty.
1: She is. Jane, what's the matter with you? It's not Jane, the other one? No, you know the truth, don't you, Mr.
2: Ingle? She told us so herself. Murderer!
1: Well, where are you going, Vanity?
4: You killed her, Jane. You killed her. What is the girl saying, Charlie? What's she running out of the storm
1: for? It would take too long to explain. She'll sure
4: get good and soaked out
1: there. Well, Charlie, you're going to
4: give me a hand. out? will close the storm shutters from the outside. You fasten them from the inside. Come on, come on, let's move.
1: returned the moon was out Dan and I walked along the beach to find her the ocean was still very rough that girl is sick I hope that doctor gets here soon
4: Johnny I understand what you tell me but I don't think all the well meaning effort in the world is
1: helping there she is I see her look at her running into the water can that girl swim? it depends on which one she is one of them is a good swimmer Charlie, Charlie, what are you doing? Here, hold my jacket. Uh, I'm going in after him. Charlie, now don't do that.
4: Come back. That undertow's a killer. It
1: wasn't. The sea dragged me out, tumbled me over, and threw me back on the beach like a wet rag. Charlie. Charlie, you heard? Everywhere. Uh, I feel like I've swallowed the ocean. Well, she's still out there You'd have to be an Olympic champion to get through that Now, hold it, hold it Here she
4: comes She's swimming
1: in how, how does she do it?
4: Hey, hey, this way Over here
1: Will you look at her?
4: Look at that She's made it How dare you do? And you thought
3: she'd be in trouble. I didn't expect to see you Are you looking for me?
4: You gave us quite a time, young lady, running out into the storm like that. Oh, I did? Uh, Let's get back to the house before the weather changes its mind and starts up again. (gasps) Besides, you two look like you could use dry clothes. That
2: friend of yours, Dan Kirkpatrick... He really is a friend when you need him, isn't he?
1: He came out during that storm to make sure the house was battened down.
2: Well, I'm just as glad he's gone home now. Because I'm not sure I want him to hear what I'm going to tell you.
1: Well, he kind of half believes there are two personalities, and and then again, he doesn't.
2: Charlie, Vanity ran out of the house, you know that. And it was Vanity who ran into the water. I don't know what she wanted to do to me or what she would have done. But the moment she hit the waves, I could hear her. And she was saying, help me. Help me. I tried to save her, but I couldn't. And by that time, she had become
1: me. Are you trying to tell me that Vanity drowned...
2: Well, I'm not naive enough to believe that, but I wonder what happened to Vanity at that moment. And I have this strange presentiment that she'll never, ever come
1: to the surface again. Jane was right. I've rationalized that what happened that night was a kind of baptism, a cleansing in the sea. Vanity never again did come into our lives. I say that without fear of contradiction. You see, Jane and I married at the end of that summer. And this week we celebrated our fifth anniversary without vanity. That's it from start to finish.
0: I'm thinking it over. I hope Charlie and Jane don't mind, you know, invasion of privacy, but Charlie and I could tell this to my mystery theater friends. The ending, I'm pleased to report, was happy, but what a circuitous roundabout road had to be followed to get there. I shall return shortly. It's easy to acquire on the mystery theater, poking one's nose into other people's lives. But it's not a failing to be curious. I have that on no less an authority than the great Albert Einstein, who said, One cannot help but be in awe of the marvelous structure of reality. Try to comprehend a little of this mystery every day. Never lose your curiosity. Which I don't think, Mr. Einstein, I ever will. Our cast included Marion Seldes, Paul Hecht, and Ralph Bell. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown.